Welcome to Native Yoga Toddcast. So happy you are here. My goal with this channel is to bring inspirational speakers to the mic in the field of yoga, massage, body work, and beyond. Follow us at Native Yoga and check us out at nativeyogacenter.com. All right, let's begin. I am really pleased to have Danny Newman here. Danny, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good. I'm nervous about the podcast, but otherwise, doing good. <laughs> oh man, you have nothing to be nervous about. I promise. I will be very gentle and kind. And uh, <laughs> okay, I'll take I'll take you at your word. You know it. You know it. Well, I, just so that everyone listening is uh, familiar, I had a chance to get to meet you during uh, teacher training with Tim Miller in Encinitas in Southern California. When was that, Danny? Like, how, what, what year was that? I, I think it was 2015. 20, 2015. So that's seven years ago. Holy cow. Oh, my gosh. Seven years ago. How does that gosh, happen? Is that right? Right? I don't know. I know. And um, it was a it was a third series teacher training, and just to be very honest, I don't think I was ready for it. And uh, <laughs> but I do remember you did seem like you were ready for it. <laughs> you, you you were your practice was really strong and inspirational to me to see when I was in the room. Uh, and oh, thank I, you, Todd. I I appreciate you saying that. I don't I I don't really remember it that way, but it's <laughs> nice to hear that. Well, yeah, good point. How do you remember it? Um, it was, you know, I, I went into that a little bit foolishly. Like I was completely enamored with that idea that it was like Tim's first and potentially only third series teacher training. And I had been practicing, you know, a good chunk of third up until that point. And so I was just like, man, I got to do this. This, What an opportunity. Yes. Um, but to be honest, I, in my personal practice, I wasn't all the way through third, but I was like, well, I'm just going to, I'm just going to apply anyway and see how it goes. And, um, it was, it was an awesome experience. One thing I did is I was like, you know, typical, like, um, you know, trying to, trying to, you know, multitask, overachieve or whatever. I'm like, maybe I can turn this into a family vacation Uh. slash teacher training. And so for the second week I had my family come out and we were going to do like this Southern California vacation. And I kind of didn't realize how consuming the actual teacher training would be and how little energy and time I'd have (laughs) to actually spend with my family. So, um, so I was was a little bit, I was a little bit split, uh, you know, um, uh, on that last week, but, but otherwise it was a really cool and memorable experience and I'm glad I got a chance to meet you and a lot of other cool people. Oh, thank you. I feel the same way. It was a really amazing experience. And interestingly enough, I believe that you were correct in your assumption that it, when you said it might be the one and only training that Tim does, I yeah. don't think he's done another one since. Am I right? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And, and it, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I don't know, you know, I'm not, I don't have too much insight, but yeah, I don't know. That might've been the only one. Yeah. I, I remember at one point it got so unbelievably hot in that room, just with, <laughs> with the amount of people in the room. And I don't want to assume that the listeners are familiar with the third series of Ashtanga or, or maybe even any of the series of Ashtanga. But, um, personally, the third series of Ashtanga really scared me. Like I was, yeah. I was, I was, um, very like I was frightened of, of the yeah. experience. I also had a similar, um, type of feeling that, that you, that you talked about where I thought well, this might be a one and only opportunity. And I kind of begged Tim to let oh, me attend yeah. and, and, uh, <laughs> and he kind of reluctantly oh. <laughs> agreed for me to do so. And so I, I went in there really nervous, man. I was like, really? And, oh. and, and when you, you know, just to be around people practicing on that level at that level of intensity, it's all, yeah, it's the all pressure inspiring. is kind of on. Yeah. 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 Um, but, but like, but for you'd already done the first and second series training with Tim. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. So like you had to do this. 
I, yeah, I, I kind of felt that way. I like, I had no choice. I, I, I was going to do it. And I, I, I kind of famously personally will get so I'll, I'll get so amped up about going and practicing out there with <laughs> him that I'll hurt myself, you oh, know, yeah. right, right beforehand. I will, I'll think I need to try to be at a certain level. So therefore I have to push so much harder to try to train for this experience that yeah. I've had blowouts before I even went out, which is always a very yeah. humbling experience. And for me going That's to this, a rest, it's, yeah, it's a recipe for disaster when you start putting all that pressure on yourself to perform. Yeah, it is. Um, and, and did you did you did have an injury then, didn't you? Uh, well, actually, interestingly enough, n- n- no. Th- this was uh, <laughs> this was one of the only times that. I, oh, my, okay, my, okay. Yeah, my whole focus really going there was that I'm not going to do that this time, and oh, I, okay. I somehow managed to. Uh, come out, come out the other side, not doing that to myself, which I was, was for me was probably the takeaway for me of that, that whole experience of just trying to settle down my, my, uh, my ego enough to just be, you know, feel a little bit of humility and just accept like, look, this is above and beyond my ability level. Well, well, that, good for you for, for getting there, <laughs> getting to that point. No, for getting to that point. Yeah. yeah that's a sweet yeah. victory to, to get through that training, you know, unscathed and, you know, probably your prior experience, like you had spent a lot of time up until, up until that point with him already. Yeah. And so you yeah. probably had a little bit of like perspective, like, no, I'm not going to do this myself again. Yeah. That's a good point. When did you first, what was your first yoga class? Um, or, or exposure yoga- to yoga. Yeah, it was, um, it was like in late 2009. So I haven't been practicing terribly long. Um, but I just went to, uh, just, you know, kind of a popular yoga studio out here in Phoenix, um, that was doing, you know, your, your, your basic power and vinyasa and flow type classes. And I took a power class. Um, I, it, it was kind of, it's kind of funny because I, I'd been exercising up until, you know, for, for a long time, just going to the gym and doing what I thought I needed to do just to keep, keep healthy. Yeah. And I was at like a party of like, like a neighbor had a party and this neighbor happened to be like a yoga guy. And he, invo- so he invited like this whole yoga crowd and I just happened to live across the street from him and had no, you know, exposure to this. But I remember just being in the kitchen talking with some people and one of the guys there who was a yoga teacher, like, did some, like, not exactly a pose, but he did some kind of, like, um, physical feat. And I looked at him like, you know what, I think I can do that. And I did it. Like, it was just like, I don't know, like, balancing on one leg and bending down and standing up or some, some dopey thing like that. Yeah. And before I, before I knew it, we just started talking in general about, about it. And before I knew it, I, like, bought a, or I got, like, a two-week unlimited pass intro path to this yoga studio where he and some others taught and just started trying it out. Cause like, it just like, it piqued my interest. I'm like, I don't, you know, so the, the first teacher that I took a class with, his name was John Salisbury and um, he and his stepdad um, had Ashtanga roots. And even though John taught a lot of like power type classes, they were really Ashtanga um, built, you know, like there was a, yeah. there was a core to him that, that was a shanga. And so it didn't take long before I started doing his like Saturday led primary class at this studio. And from there, I, I, um, actually went and started practicing with John's stepdad, who was a, who was a man named Dave Oliver, who anybody in the, you know, in, in yoga, Arizona are familiar with, with who, who he was. Nice. Um, he was kind of an icon out here in a lot in pretty much every teacher has some, either they directly practice with <laughs> Dave at some point or, yeah. or like are in his lineage. He was a really iconic and, and important and person, um, in, in our community out here. Nice. Anyway, so he was teaching pretty much only Ashtanga up at his studio him and him and his wife, um, Cheryl. Yeah. And so I kind of transitioned and I started um, practicing up there, eventually went through like their, their kind of specialized teacher training and it just kind of became Ashtanga 
Nice. Only at that point. I mean, you know. Yeah. So. You got really focused on doing a consistent daily practice in the Mysore method? Not at first. You know, it, it, Arizona's, Arizona, um, especially at that time, didn't really have a super traditional studio teacher practice. Even Dave, even though he was dedicated to the Ashtanga method, yeah. it wasn't your traditional setup. Yeah. And so it was more lead classes. It was more like mixed classes. And so I really didn't start doing Mysore until a couple of years later when, when, um, his, his, uh, his stepson, John started offering a Mysore class. And then, and then it's really been just kind of a series of different teachers, just depending on who's, who had a Mysore program. Yeah. And it wasn't always a, it, it wasn't always a situation where it was, every day of the week, sometimes it's like three days a week. Um, and I could kind of go on and on about sort of the Arizona Phoenix saga of, you know, um, <laughs> uh, of like Ashtanga Mysore and to, to where we are now, but I don't want to completely bog down this podcast in that story. <laughs> do, do you mean like in the drama of like someone opens a studio and then someone else takes over and then the program changes and then that teacher goes over to another studio and everyone follows, but then is that kind you don't have to there, go into the details but is that there's some of that there is some of that there's but but not entirely just um you know uh, like for instance there there was a time when myself and some others who were pretty dedicated to the practice were really were really intent on practicing with an authorized teacher that mm, really meant mm -hmm. something to us and and phoenix did not have that at yep, the time yeah yeah. And so we were we were practicing in a particular studio. There were a few little groups kind of spread out of the, spread out throughout the valley that were that had some kind of a Mysore program. Um, and there were a number of teachers, um, bless their hearts, who were were dedicated to te you know to to overseeing a Mysore program. And I and I'm completely grateful to that to those people, yeah. Scott Page and yeah. Anusha Moore and different people. But eventually, eventually. Um, we did uh, eventually Lisa Shrimp, who was an authorized teacher down in Tucson. Eventually, she moved up to Phoenix and took over one of the uh, Mysore programs that was kind of taking place at at, at a, a local studio. And so we had Lisa for a bit, um, but then that didn't quite work out, and, and um, it that group splintered again. <laughs> Um, and so it's, so it's a little bit of what you described, a little bit of drama, a little bit of <laughs> teachers coming and going yeah. and, um, just trying to, you know, maintain sort of a consistent practice and go where there's go where it's convenient and it's doable. Um, so it's been a little bit of a, it's been a little bit of a chaotic scene for a while. Yeah. Um, and, um, ha has there been, know. has there been, an element of stability that has come through lately, or are you guys still in a similar type of uh, renegade, <laughs> wild, it's, wild west approach? No, okay. <laughs> um, that's that. That is the truth. That is a good way to describe it, Todd. I'm telling you. Um, and a lot in 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 Phoenix does have does have some renegade roots for sure. And, yeah. and, and I yeah. got to tell you, Dave Oliver is a little bit of the source of that because he was kind of a renegade. Yeah. Um, and we can talk about him later if, if, if you want to explore that further. But all that said, um, leading up until now, and, and I'll just try to make it make it short. Um, I was practicing with um, with Anusha Moore, who was facilitating a Mysore program um, here in Phoenix for a number of years. And she's a close friend. Really appreciate all that she did to maintain that program. But then, but then COVID hit and oh, then yeah. everything became, came, you know, like Zoom. Yeah. And I did my best um, to maintain that my practice via Zoom. But Todd, I, I, I'm, I, to be completely honest with you, I'm not good in that environment. Yeah. I don't like practicing at home. I don't like practicing by myself. Yeah. I really kind of need the group and room energy and it, whether that makes me like an energy vampire or what, I, you know, I'll, <laughs> I'll completely own up to that and, and, and admit that I do need that. 
So eventually yeah. at some point during COVID, I, I literally petered out and I stopped practicing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a, not a good situation. That's a common, I mean, I have no real good sense of like uh, a concrete number that I could throw out of percentage of people that probably stopped practicing because of COVID. But I think that's an extremely common thing that happened globally. Would, would, would you, would you, yeah. would you surmise, would you guess? Because I mean, I, I think I do, you're right. I the, do. the energy of the room is just like, you know, you, you just can't replicate that. No, uh, it's, it's such a weird situation because like, it's not like, it's not like, you know, like when I, sometimes when I come home from yoga, my wife will be like, so, so how so-and-so and did you talk to so-and-so? And I'm like, I never talk to anybody. <laughs> you just go in and you roll out your mat and you do your thing and you're done. Yeah. Like I see other people in my periphery, but like, I'm not, you know, Yeah. so it's kind of a weird dynamic, but nonetheless, just having bodies in a room makes all the difference in the world. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, a couple of weeks ago, I was up in Flagstaff for a workshop. Tim Feldman came out and, and taught, and I was super happy to see him. And I was actually super happy to be um, in in a room with you know with some some other people um, practicing. But in in a couple of conversations we had, he he reiterated exactly um, your observation. Um, but you know, so you know, so for, for for my own self, you know, I did stop, but like I I'm I'm, I'm always I always need to be doing something and I decided kind of on a whim, there's like a CrossFit place just around the corner from where I live. And I pass it all the time, just walking through the neighborhood. And one day I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to go there because I need to get, I, I need to get my button gear, you yeah. know, like, yeah. and so I literally did CrossFit for like, I don't know, six months or something like that, which was an eye opener, by the way. Um, I believe it. I have not, oh I have God. not made that leap myself, but, um, I just had someone come in I guess because of Memorial day, he's a CrossFit person. He said, wow, I'm really sore today. I don't know how I'm going to do. And he's like, yesterday we did, I guess it's either called a Murph or a Merv. I guess every Memorial day oh, it's yeah. in yeah. honor of, um, a, someone that was in the military that, you know, performed great service and, I mean, I, I'll probably get this wrong and I, I'm not trying to exaggerate, but he said they did something like run for an hour, do like 200 or, or 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, and then run again with a 20-pound waist, waist vest on <laughs> or a chest vest. And I was like, what? Like, how? Oh, yeah. my. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, in that, like, I never did one of those Murphs, but I, I was there. I was at this process place when that came around. And I remember them kind of like, like needling me to do it. And I'm like, <laughs> hell no, <laughs> I am not. Hell no. I mean, when, when, I mean, when I got to CrossFit, like, I mean, you're jumping up on boxes and doing like, like power, like, like pressing like huge weights over your head and like all these things that are completely foreign if you have only been doing Ashtanga for a decade. And so I learned really quickly, like I had almost zero, zero cardiovascular endurance. Yes. And and just other, you know, eye opening things like, like honestly, like, like I was kind of the old guy that nobody wanted to partner up with at CrossFit. <laughs> and the, my own, the only good thing that ever, that happened in that six months was one of the days, like as, as one of the exercises we had to do, it was like, okay, we, we, we had, okay, we're going to do a handstand walk from, from one side of the studio to the other. And I'm thinking to myself, Oh, maybe I can do that. And so like, it's always almost kind of like a relay thing. You're on a team and you got to lift some weights and then do this and do that. And when it came to the handstand walk, there were other options you could choose, but I'm like, well, no, I'm going to do that. And so I did the <laughs> handstand walk and I literally did it from one end of the room to the other. And Todd, I should you not, the entire room was like staring disbelief. <laughs> yeah, because I'm, I'm the gonna... guy who can like barely do a pull up. Oh, yeah. Just like shaking red and all of it. That's and so, so that was like funny. my one like That's proud so... moment of CrossFit. My... <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. Pull-ups. I mean, geez, there's, yeah. that's so yeah. hard. That's so tough. Yeah. It's just so humbling. Um, so with that being said now, well, I guess let me let you continue the chronology of this, but did you, yeah. uh, so you, where are you now? What's that? Okay. What are you up to now? <laughs> yeah, that's a good, good question. Um, <laughs> I, 
as part of maybe another conversation, uh, about a year and a half ago, I decided on a career change. And so I started going back to school and, um, I, I, I was coming up to a semester of school that was going to be really hard. And I, I kind of knew intuitively that in order to survive working in this really hard semester of school, I, I needed to get back to Ashtanga. I needed to get back mm. to my practice mm. because as you know, it's not just about physical fitness. There are mental benefits. There are balancing, grounding, calming benefits, and those are real. And I have never discounted those. And I knew I needed to get back to the practice. And so that being said, uh, I was aware that there was a, a studio, a shala, very close to where I live that was, that, that had a Mysore program. Nice. And there are, it's, it's a longer story that we probably don't need to get into, but I hadn't, hadn't been considering going to this shala. But I sort of had, you know, I sort of uh, gave it a lot of thought, um, talked to some people, and um, and did start attending this shala. And and the uh, the person who leads this is, is Karen Kelly. She's a um, level two authorized teacher, and she has a really a really nice program. Um, to be honest with you, um, she has morning and evening Mysore. She has, you know, she does the whole thing, the whole thing, nice. like legit, like nice. it, like it quote unquote should be done. Yeah. And so yeah. I started, I, so I started back, I started practicing with, with Karen over at Hershala. I first month, I only did primary series, um, just to kind of cut down the weeds. And the second month I jumped back into second series and I did that for the entire second month. And then the third month I started slowly, um, bringing back in my third series postures and and, uh, nice. and it's been, yeah, it's been, wow. it's, it's almost a year and it's been almost a year now, um, since I've been back to that practice. Well, I have a lot of questions for you. Um, first, what is your relationship to injury with practice? And then second, were, was your retransitioning back in? What sort of eye openers did you have in relation to how your body responded to slowly raising the level of, you know, vigor that comes yeah. with going from primary to second up into third? Like, was that an easy process or did your, was it all, I would imagine some, like one thing I notice and, and I hear this from students is that, or and practitioners is that they take a week off because they went on vacation or something else. And that first class coming back in, they're like, Oh my uh -huh. gosh, I was so flexible. Like I felt so, <laughs> oh, like I right, couldn't believe yeah. because sometimes like when you're doing the daily consistent, there's like an yeah. overall soreness that's pervasive yeah. all the time. And so it, yeah. I think that's almost built in there to keep you safe too, just like from a hu like a human biology thing where, you know, that, that soreness will just prevent you from overdoing going it, going too far, going too yeah. far. And that first time back and then the second day they come back and they go, Oh my oh God, my I can God. hardly move. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, yes. I was waiting for that. Yeah. What Definitely kind of, a, what, what did you find out or what, what did you discover? Um, well, Good questions. And to your first question, I mean, I'm no stranger to injury and nobody who's been practicing Ashtanga for any length of time is going to tell you otherwise. I mean, at a certain point, I yeah. think we realize that we're just kind of jumping from one one injury to another. Yeah. I mean, they're not yeah. all major. A lot of them are minor and, you know, kind of come and go quickly, but there always seems to be something. And, and maybe, and maybe that, that's a reflection of age too. I, I mean, I'm, I'm 49, at, you know, right now. Um, so I'm, I'm right behind I, you. I'm a year behind okay. you. Yeah. I was, I, I was going to ask, I was curious. Um, yeah, I mean, I've had some bad, I've had some bad back injuries, you know, like this isn't the first time I've worked myself back to third. Like after our, after our training with Tim, the third series training, it wasn't long after that, um, that I sustained a pretty bad back injury. Um, not your typical spinal lower back, but like, um, more, it, it was lower back. It was more muscular, but man, it lasted for, for quite a long time, almost, almost a year. And I had to back right out of third series and kind of 
kind of build back up again as that healed. And it took a long time. Yeah. So, yeah. so it wasn't my first time having to kind of start over again. Um, but then, but then, um, I, um, I, we, we had a workshop at one point and we had a, had a guest teacher coming in for, for a number of sessions. And, um, I'll, I'm happy to mention her by name was Krista Shirley, who's not too far from you. Yes, I know Krista. She came out. Yeah, yeah. She she came out for a number of times, and and her approach to backbending um, was really good. And I'm I'm not, I'm not shy about saying that. And she is she getting, is really good. She's amazing. Yeah, I got to give credit where credit is due, and she did transform my backbend such that it's been it's been really good and strong and deep ever since. And although I do get little things here and there. It, I, I'm, I have a lot of confidence in it. Um, so anyway, can, can I pause and ask you a question here and we'll, we'll stay sure. on track, but was there a specific technique that you can verbalize that you think was the contributing factor to you feeling like your backbending got safer or healthier? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, just, just technically speaking, it was, you know, she, she, she was adamant about, you know, strong legs, strong internal rotation of the legs and leading with the hips. I mean, she wouldn't let you drop back unless your hips were like so far out in front of your body that it was absurd. Mm. Um, but but a, a complete engagement of the legs, leading with the hips and then proceeding into your back bend. Yeah. None of this, none of this just kind of, flopping back and taking it all in your lower back kind yeah. of haphazardly. Yeah. So there's a, so there's a real strength, yeah. a real st- strong engagement that was um, predominant in her, her approach to it. And anytime now, Todd, anytime now that I get a little tweak or I'm like, ah, God damn, I did, I did it again. It's always when I've kind of let that go. Yeah. I, I, I know um, what you're talking about. Yeah. I agree with you. A hundred percent. I've had a similar, a similar light bulb awakening moment when someone started to coach me on the adduction and internal rotation of the thighs and the back bending that, that my, that previous back issues that were related to, uh, improper, not, not doing that got solved, got solved, you know? And I was like, Whoa, that's an amazing technique. You know, that's incredible. I'm so happy to hear that you've also had, that type of um, realization. I, I'm, I'm glad to hear you, hear you um, <laughs> to confirm it. Which means, which means you are conveying that to your studio, which I'm glad about because you don't see it all the time. Yeah. And I, and, and I can, and there's so many times I see people backbending and I'm not their teacher. I'm just somebody in a room with them, but I look at them and I'm like, you are on a long journey, my friend. Yeah, you almost. Yeah. That is not sustainable yeah. what you're doing yeah. right now. And I, I wish, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's almost eerie when uh, you might have, you might have chosen to not say something to that person. And, you know, w- when we say things to people and we make like, if, if you, if you were observing somebody doing a backbend uh, the way you used to potentially be doing it, where your feet were turned out and you were, really compressing right. all that energy around your sacrum and just kind of flopping yeah. back and then just hoping for something's going to work good here. I'm going to throw myself forward. And, and you might see that and you might think to yourself, well, Ooh, I did that. My back hurt. Yeah. I bet if they did this, their back won't hurt. And so I, I remember one time I was practicing with Nancy yeah. Gilgoff and she watched me and she, she watched me do something where she goes, Oh gosh, you're going to hurt your neck. You're oh. going to, and my neck was fine. <laughs> My neck was fine. And I was like, but she could see it coming and she could see it coming. And I, I swear when my neck went out, <laughs> mm. I was like, you know, that, that, that flash back to me of like, did Nancy see oh. this coming? You know what oh I mean? Like, and it's really interesting that you're bringing this up because it, I mean, there are patterns as humans, like we're all different, but yet we're pretty yeah. darn similar and, and yeah. bad habits that, equal this sort of pain or dysfunction, of course, it's yeah. probably going to happen to, to you and to me too, you know? So it, it's amazing, isn't totally. it? I, I, definitely, I, definitely. I'm always a little, I'm always a little nervous though about saying, Oh boy, you got a long road ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've got no real real authority, so I'll just say, you know, I don't care. I'll just, I'll just say it. Um, but just based on experience, and you know, maybe and maybe good luck to you. Maybe you maybe you got some unique aspect of your anatomy, or maybe you're engaging more than I than it seems like. I don't know. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm not gonna. Yeah. But you know, good, good. I, I wish you the best. That's interesting. That's interesting. So I'll try try to remember where we were and maybe keep us on some sort of track here. But I think you're, you're mentioning that, that crystal workshop and, um, yeah, yeah, that was, that was super helpful. And so now, so now like as I reapproached third this time around, it, it really wasn't a matter of any particular pose being, um, scary or, or, um, me being apprehensive about poses themselves. Um, but what I did find was that I felt like I didn't have enough stamina mm. to kind of get through third series practice without having to take, you know, more extra breaths than I, than I wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not unrealistic about it. I'm pretty sure most people have to take a couple extra breaths, even when they're at their peak. Practicing yeah. third series, yeah. but but I I was I don't know I don't know if I was remembering incorrectly back to when I when I had practiced these poses a couple of years prior and I felt like maybe I was able to get through you know maybe the arm balances with maybe only one little breath I don't know but I felt like my stamina wasn't wasn't where it was so one interesting so in that regard and if you don't mind me telling a little story please, here please please. Um, Okay, so I'm back in school and I'm and I'm taking biology and anatomy physiology classes, and kind of around this time I start learning about um, hematocrit levels and hemoglobin levels and how how these levels have to do with how you know how many red blood cells we have running through our bodies and and how the red blood cells are the oxygen carriers and the more oxygen we have flowing through our bodies you know, potentially the, the better stamina we have, et cetera, et cetera. Now, just oddly enough, towards the end of my little time with CrossFit, I had to get a full blood panel with my doctor. And so I had a reading from when I got that blood panel done. And at the time, I had the results, but I, I had no idea what these results were telling me. Um, but then after I had started practicing Ashtanga again, after I was well into third series, I had to do another blood panel. And this has to do with me going back to school and needing to get some, um, um, some immunizations and this and that. So anyway, what I'm saying is I've got two blood panels to compare one from towards the end of my time with CrossFit Mm. and another during my time practicing Ashtanga third series. And out of curiosity, when I was studying about this for school, I was like, you know what? I'm curious what my levels were during those two time periods. Mm. And so I literally pulled out both of these reports and I compared them. And what I found was kind of interesting. During, you know, right towards the end of CrossFit, my hematocrit and hemoglobin levels were like maxed out. They were like top of the range mm. for, a, for a male. Um, and I was like, well, goddamn, that's pretty cool. I was, you know, like that, that, that was unexpected, but it, but kind of cool to me. Yeah. Then when I looked at my levels as I, you know, that reflected my time practicing Ashtanga series, they had dropped pretty significantly. And, you know, so, so a higher hematocrit is often associated with better endurance performance. Mm. Now, eventually with like elite athletes, that kind of takes a shift. I don't want to go down, but like, like eventually their, their whole blood volume increases. And so some of those levels change, but obviously I'm not, you know, I wasn't at any elite athlete status. And so what I was comparing was like how much more oxygen carrying capacity I had when I was doing CrossFit compared to when I was doing Ashtanga third series. And nobody's going to argue that Ashtanga third series is like, you know, like, nap time i mean that's that's pretty hardcore and that's a pretty yeah serious exercise routine if you want to view it like that however it wasn't even close to maintaining my my levels that i had when i was doing crossfit Mm. 
so what that told me was that I don't think I am getting the enough cardiovascular endurance type training just practicing Ashtanga yoga. I yeah. think I need to yeah. supplement my practice with something else. And so when that all, when that kind of light bulb went off, I started supplementing my Ashtanga practice with, I'm not going back to the CrossFit studio, but I have like these, <laughs> these like things called uh, cross ropes. It's like a jump roping thing. I don't know yeah. if it's ever advertised to you on like, yeah. Facebook or something, but yeah. I, I bought into them and it actually is pretty cool. Like you get these weighted jump ropes. They have a nice app with workouts that are sort of like half jump rope, half like CrossFit type exercises. Nice. And so I add a few of these in during the week. They really get me huffing and puffing. And almost immediately I saw that I was able to get through my third series practice a lot smoother. I just felt like I just felt um, more stable going into the practice. Like, like I can handle this. Like I just had more wherewithal. If that makes sense. It does. That's a really interesting uh, realization. And I'll, I would like to just make mention just so the listeners are aware that uh, a term that you brought up earlier was that I'm, you know, I'm a regular Joe yoga practitioner yeah, yeah. person guy yeah. who I'm not a teacher and I don't have any agenda for, promoting this or that, or I just like to practice. Uh, I, I had no idea. I, I had no idea why you wanted to interview me to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> when you reached out, I'm like, what? Um, I, well, no, I, 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 I love it because you're, you're in it in the real life situation. And I, I love the fact that you brought up from your studies and your direction is to what, what is your goal in terms of career path that caused you to study um, the anatomy and physiology? Oh, um, so I've been, a, I've been like, a, I've been a graphic designer for like 30 years. Uh, it's been a nice career. I've enjoyed it. I've got, it's been very rewarding, but, um, I decided I wanted to do something completely different with the latter half of my career. And, um, I decided that what I really want to do is be a nurse. Nice. So I'm going, so I, I literally spent 15 months knocking out prerequisites so that I can apply for a nursing, uh, program. Um, this summer, actually, I just started it last week. I'm doing a certified nursing assistant course, um, which is kind of your basic certification that could just kind of get you a job in a hospital. Yeah. So as soon as I finish that course, I, that is my plan. I plan on trying to get a job in a hospital nearby and working in the environment as I go through nursing school and hopefully with the goal of in a couple of years um, graduating as an RN. Congratulations. That's cool, Danny. Are you Thank you. Are you enjoying it and feeling like you made a good decision to switch career paths and work your butt off studying and doing what you're doing? <laughs> Some days I'm like, what <laughs> so, yeah. earth are you doing? Are are you I mean, I I mean I'm not like first of all, I'm not like, you know, a spring chicken. This is, this is I, I I sometimes hesitate referring to it as a midlife career change. I'm kind of like it's, it's kind of a late life career changes so like some days i i really am second guessing myself but other days i'm 100 percent for this i'm super excited it's like it's completely infused me with a new energy um you know and 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 there is a lot of things that like cross paths with my other interests like asanga yoga like like pretty much anybody who's practiced asanga yoga especially those who've gone on through teacher trainings and our teachers currently you would, you would completely ace these anatomy physiology classes because there's so much that you already know. Mm. And so it's fun. You know, it's fun covering that stuff. Nice. Um, I bet. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So Now, and based on um, your observation of increasing some cardiovascular exercise that really gets your heart rate up, such as like doing jump rope and then how that's actually improved your... Uh, your ability in your practice currently. So is that something that you think probably all of us can really benefit from whether we're practicing yoga or not without that, just getting the heart rate up to that level of where you're huffing and puffing and feeling like we're challenged has to benefit everybody. Would you think? I I agree a hundred (laughs) percent. And I don't, you know, like, I don't know if there's a whole lot of like Ashtangis out there that are like super adamant that like, this is all you need. You need nothing more than this, like almost, almost like, yeah. like, but 
I, I, th- I think most sort of acknowledge that some some extracurricular um, activities would help. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you, you know, the Ashtanga practice, there, you, you get a lot. I mean, I'm not saying it's, it's mandatory, but, you know, in my case, I, I found that um, as I was, pro- you know, as I was approaching this, you know, advanced practice, I just didn't have the steam yeah. that I needed to yeah. make it through that, that particular practice. And so it's almost become, it almost has become mandatory for me. I mean, maybe I'm, maybe I'm driving myself a little too hard. Maybe I don't need to be so, you know, um, passionate about, you know, about it, but, um, I hear you. I hear that. I think I, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to I'm just going to say, I think it's, I think it's necessary. Agreed. Um, do you mind if I take us down a slightly different track, but maybe it's actually related? (laughs) Hey, let's go for it. You're you're in charge. uh (laughs) Um, well, you know, I want to thank Tim Feldman for, uh, you know, I reached out to him and said, Tim, can you give me an idea of someone I can interview on the podcast next? And he said, you got to call Danny Newman. He's so great. You got to talk with him. And so, uh, I would just like to thank Tim for reminding me to to reach out to you. And in that process, when I was conversing with him, he made mention that you had uh, an experience with the Jehovah's Witness faith uh, earlier in your life that that caused you to just have an interesting experience in terms of. Um, your own journey with your either faith and or perspective on life. Are you open to speaking about any of that? Uh, yeah. It's, um, I, I don't, I don't talk about it a heck of a lot, not out of any regret or embarrassment or anything like that. It's just, a, it's just a, it's, it's a, it's a can of worms to open and it, and it's never just small talk. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. It's, uh, first of all, thank you to Tim for being so kind and, 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 um, recommending that you talk to me. That's really sweet. Um, but yes, he's, he's absolutely right. When I was young, uh, when I was still in high school, even, um, I did, um, start studying, uh, with Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, I remember very clearly, um, being in like a science class or something like that. And, and just having this urge to understand like how to pray. My family wasn't religious at all. I had no real background or experience, but I was interested. I wanted to know more about God and I wanted to know how to pray in these things. And so just, just kind of peripherally, I, I knew that one of the kids in this class was religious. I didn't know anything about it. And so just on a whim one day, I asked this kid, how do you pray? And he told me a little bit, and then he said, let's talk more at lunch. And just oddly, I sat at this table with this kid and a few other kids, and they were all Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't know this, but yeah. it, was, it was just kind of a coincidence. Yeah. So literally, Todd, I could have asked like any other random person, and who knows, I could have had a completely different life experience. But I happened to ask this kid. And Great so point. at 14 Good years, yeah. Yeah, 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 I mean, I could have, I could have gone down some other crazy road, but <laughs> yeah, so, so this kid was, so I started what they, how they, they refer to it as studying, you know, to become initiated with Jehovah's Witnesses, you study some of their publications and the Bible with a current, you know, an active Jehovah's Witness. So I started doing that when I was 14 years old. And I don't, I mean, as you probably know, 14 year olds, 15 year olds, like once they get a little glimpse of, I know more than you, they really take that and run with it. Yeah. And so I was like completely enamored with what I was learning. Jehovah's Witnesses, they have a really, they have a pretty solid sales package. You know, you really, you know, they, they basically frame everything around. This is what the Bible says. Mm. And so if you have any, inkling of respect or or feeling that the bible is an authority or or is inspired of god or whatever jehovah's witnesses are really good at, at monopolizing on that and sort of backing up all of their claims and doctrines and beliefs on bible scriptures and so and so as a young uninitiated 14 year old 15 i 
was I completely fell for it head over heels. And maybe as a glimpse of my, you know, eventual personality that manifested itself even more with Ashtanga yoga, like kind of this type A, like I'm going to grab the bull by the horns and take this and run and give it all my, give it my all. That's how I approached, that's how I approached this um, relationship with, with this organization. You know, I studied, I, within a couple of years, even while I was still in high school, I, I got baptized which is kind of my dedication to this uh, organization. Then a few years after that, um, Jehovah's Witnesses, like they kind of had a, have like a, like a headquarters where they do all of their Bible printing and literature printing and they have all of their offices and they have, you know, I, and, and you can, as a young person, you can volunteer to go and work at these world headquarters and help print Bibles or any of the other many, many tasks that go on at at the headquarters. I've heard about that. And so I decided that this is what I got to do. I have to do this. If I'm, you know, if I'm, if I'm being true to this, I got to go and volunteer. And it's, and it's not just like, like you go and live there. You become a, a full-time resident of the, of this facility. At the time it was in Brooklyn, New York, it was like 3000 people. Um, and for five years of my life, I, worked as a volunteer full time um for Jehovah's wow. Witnesses at wow. their headquarters. Yeah. yeah. In some respects do you feel it's almost a path of renunciation, almost like living like a monk in the sense that you probably aren't earning any money. No. And you're not. There's a stipend for just a little, you know, you at the time I made $90 a month. Wow. Um so yeah, yeah, I mean it's not it's not completely different from, you know, it's not um, foreign from that concept. Yeah. Um, and it, but, it, but like within that organization, it's like a special thing though. Like they called, they called the headquarters Bethel and people that work there are Bethelites. Mm. And so a Bethelite is kind of like, that's a status symbol, you know, for Jehovah's witnesses. And so, you know, there's little perks like, you know, um, you go to, you know, you go and attend your local congregation and they kind of, you know, Treat with a you lot, know, a lot like of respect. This, yeah, you do exactly. Yeah. So you know, but but that's that's not to say that it isn't you know like you're working you're working um, five and a half days a week and you're going to three meetings a week at your local congregation. You still got to go knock on doors and and do the evangelizing. So it's like a completely um, it it takes over your life. I mean, yeah. it's a, you don't have much free time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Did. Do you, you were 14. So then I'm thinking then by the time you graduated high school, uh, at, at, was it after high school graduation that you then went to Brooklyn to, to take on that role for that five years or what yeah. was your education process from 14 up until that point where you completed your fifth year of working with those with, with them? That's a, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I didn't go immediately. I think it took a year or two out of high school before I was like accepted to, mm-hmm. to go work there. But, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses, amongst many eyebrow raising um, positions, they encourage their adherents to not go to college. Mm. Um, you know, and, you know, as you know, in, in the hindsight, it's very clear that, you know, any exposure to higher education and thinking outside their box is a recipe for disaster for them. You know, they realize that people will very quickly realize that, you know, who's behind the curtain, Mm. so to speak. Mm. And so they discourage going to college. And so any good Jehovah's Witness kid does not go to college. And I, I fell right in line with that. And so I did not go to college. Fortunately, during high school, I I lucked into working um, at a little company in town that was doing like a certain type of computer graphics and that led into my career as a graphic designer. Mm. And so that was just by sheer luck. And and even when I went and worked at headquarters, I eventually did work in the art department there and was a, a uh, designer graphic artist for Jehovah's witnesses. And so a lot of the Watchtower magazines people were getting at the time, I was directly responsible oh, for working on those. Wow. 
Um, but be, be that as it may, um, just, just as an aside, me going to college now, 30 years later is kind of a box that I need to sort of tick off for myself. Yeah. Um, something I never did and I have a bit of regret and you know, so that makes sense. Oh man, I got a ton. I don't have a lot of questions. (laughs) I I did open this can of worms a little. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's a weird, it's a weird conversation. No, no, it's uh, not weird. I think it's so fascinating. I mean, uh, there's a lot of parallels. I mean, any, any of us that have been traversing the yoga world, without a doubt, we come across certain um, elements of, if we say the, use the word religion and or cult-like yeah. behavior, it's at some point you're going to bump up against some of this and, and have to make decisions yeah. regarding to what level do I want to follow authority and to what level do I want to, you know, be an independent or free agent if that even is an option. But, um, do, uh, was there, I guess just to kind of, uh, where are you now? And was there a pulling back of the curtain, um, experience that you had? Yeah, there definitely was. And I mean, that's, I think that's the part of the journey that, you know, I, maybe enjoy talking about the, mo- the most because it was the break. Mm. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's the type of organization where, you know, they're, they're, they're not dummies. Like they know the types of things they need to do in order to keep people in, in involved. Yeah. Like, like it becomes your entire social structure. You know, they'll, they'll hammer on verse Bible verses that talk about limiting your association with people outside of the faith. And they will, they will, they will pounce on that such that eventually your social circle is just other Jehovah's Witnesses. You've basically by this point alienated everybody else in your life, friends, family, whatever, so that your only social structure is them. So, so if you do get to the point where you're starting to feel like, ah, maybe this isn't for me, you've got, you've got a really hard road ahead of you in yeah. order to break away from it. I mean, unless you're willing to just rip off a bandaid and start from scratch, which maybe some people do, um, you, it, it's kind of, um, it's kind of a brutal decision. I, I, I feel like there's probably many people within that organization that are just going about the routine, probably not believing it, but just doing it because that's where they're, friends and family are and to and to and to leave means now you're being alienated from them of course there's going to be like excommunicating type measures taken so that now you've lost that um social network it's fascinating so anyway it's fascinating because i i feel like uh we see this in storylines with different religions and traditions um maybe either through the medium of television or uh uh reading books and but not everybody has ha- has to go through this you know what i mean like it's right. it seems it's it's i don't know if it's more rare or or if 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 you haven't had exposure to an org- organization where you really got felt like, oh my gosh, I have this huge decision to make. Should I stay or should I go now? Um, I mean, I don't know, again, I don't have good statistics or numbers here, but like (laughs) what percentage of the population has to go through this or somehow escapes that kind of intensity. But I know, I mean, I I see and read about this a lot. I'm I'm fascinated by it. I'm very curious about it. I've been in it myself in different situations. I don't know if maybe the level that you were. It sounds like it. You, yeah, I, there probably are degrees <laughs> yeah. to this journey for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, like how did you? People, how did you break? Yeah. How did you? Did you make a break? Are you still involved? Um, no, I'm not. But it it um, you know I I was eventually like an elder in the congregation. You know, I I had responsibilities. Yeah. Uh, I I. I put a lot of effort and time into like the teaching assignments that I'd get um, in the congregation, like getting up in public speaking and whatever. And I put a lot into those assignments, like maybe too much. Like again, going back to kind of this sort of type A drive that, that, that I low key have. Yeah. Um, 
And so like I would get an, get an assignment of some like Bible reading or whatever. And I would dig in so deeply. Like I would, I would pull out all the books and I do all the research. And eventually I think this backfired on them because of course they're always like study the Bible, study the Bible kind of like as, as you know, just a, you know, just, just a motto almost. And I took it, took that super literally. And I got to the point where eventually things were not adding up for me. The more I studied, the more I saw cracks in the dam. Mm. And at, I, you know, it's hard to pinpoint one day. Like I think it just eventually accumulated, but eventually I lost complete faith in the organization. And then eventually I realized I didn't really even have any more faith in, in a higher being. And wow. so wow. W- once I lost faith in the organization, I yeah. knew if I'm going to be true to myself, I can't stay. I can't pretend that I believe this, Yeah. Um, even if it's more convenient. And so I needed to break. I needed to, I needed to break complete. I needed a complete break from, from the organization. Wow. Now I was living in New Jersey at the time, and as you can imagine, my entire community was other Jehovah's Witnesses. And knowing what was in store for me living in that community, I made the decision, and it wasn't it wasn't everything behind the decision. There were other factors, but it was a large reason why I picked up, sold my house, and moved across the country to Phoenix, Arizona. Mm. And, and through that move, I just kind of let things drift and made, made kind of a quiet, almost like a, it's like an Irish goodbye. It's kind of like, just kind of like, <laughs> try not to say anything to anybody and just try kind of like quietly drift away. And that's, and that's, and so when I moved out to Arizona, I just stopped pretending wow. uh, altogether. And, um, and, and, and now it almost feels a little bit like ancient history, a lot of water yeah. under the bridge since yeah. then. And so, yeah. That's the beauty of uh, growing older and having, <laughs> being able to look back and, and things that seem so serious as we get a little older and we, we look back and we go, it really wasn't that serious. I mean, or, I mean, it, thank, yeah. thank goodness we make yeah. the decisions we make. And also what I find is fascinating because I'm, you're, like you said, you've, you've acknowledged that you have the ability to really, when you get into something to put your whole being into it. And it's fascinating yeah. that for the same edge of the sword that got you to where you were, got the other side of it cut deep in enough to find out that you look deep into it to that probably helped you to yeah. evolve yeah. to a next step or a new, a new place, which is really cool. I mean, um, that's exactly right. Todd. That's, yeah. that's exactly how it transpired. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, you're almost better off not engaging fully if you, if you want <laughs> some kind of longevity within it, you know, because eventually you're going to see the crack. Any organization uh, that holds itself up yeah, to any yeah, yeah, sort of yeah. divine inspiration backing, uh, yeah. you're, you're going to find the crack. Eventually. Now, oh, that's interesting. Well, wh- what about um now that you're in the say quote science world, which obviously is exactly what maybe they wouldn't want you to have done, go to higher right. learning like university, and now that you're <clears throat> immersed in it, which I would think would be a form of therapy. Um, it sounds like you've you know you've you're you're at peace with everything, and you're like, oh, cool, that was yeah. part of my journey, and here I am. But yeah, is it? Are you yeah. finding that? by engaging in this type of learning that it's, it is serving as like a healing process and, or, you know, an evolution process that's, uh, Uh, you know, that's a good question. That could be, I hadn't really thought, I I think because so much time has gone by and I've really resolved my time with Jehovah's Witnesses. I do feel like I've started, I've, I've, I've almost, it's almost like 2.0. It's almost like I'm approaching life. Yeah. all over again. And yeah. I don't necessarily need to reach. Some people really do have a hard time letting go. I mean, I've associated with other ex Jehovah's witnesses that have a hard time just leaving it behind. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's, they still just somehow can have to keep 
yeah. examining and noodling and what yeah. I, I was, I, I did, I wasn't that way. I was able to let it go. So, yeah. so I think to answer your question, because a lot of my earlier life was dictated to me because of where I was at the time, I feel a little bit more empowered now. Like I am making this decision to go back to school and mm. become a nurse. I'm not just like, you know, this is my decision yeah. and it's not just something I kind of fell into because of circumstances at the time. So. That's awesome, Danny. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate you being willing to um, <clears throat> share that because I think that's, you know, well, one, there could be, there's some of us that are maybe in it right now where we're conflicted sure. and feeling like right. maybe we need to exert our independence in some way. And right. It's interesting yeah. too, like how you mentioned when you were 14, you're like, you know, I, I grew up in a religious household and going to church and that type of thing. And so uh-huh. your curiosity about, well, how do I pray it almost from my perspective, like I've, I, because I was raised in that, <clears throat> I never, looked at it like that. Like, well, how, okay. would, how wouldn't you know how to do that? Like, what do you mean? Right. Like what a, well, what a dumb well, question. What an interesting question. <laughs> yeah. And so, but maybe because you had that sort of inquisitive nature at that point, that that's why it, it is possible for you to be like, okay, cool. I explored that. And like, you know, I can actually look at life from a different angle and not have to noodle everything from that angle of like, well, how would this relate to the Bible and, or, that yeah. sort of hierarchy or structure. So then, well, right. uh, currently then, I mean, I, this is a very personal question. I, I, we're already at that hour mark and I know I, I knew we were going to be able to keep going here, but <laughs> I, and I, and I don't expect this to be a quick answer. And, uh, but if you could make a simple answer to this question, when you contemplate higher power and or nature or energy or what, how, how are you relating to the world in that angle from a spiritual perspective and or religious and or higher power perspective? Um, you know, it's, it's, it is a little bit of a loaded question. Um, and I know my answer. I don't know if it's going to be satisfying or not, but I'll just tell you exactly the truth. I appreciate it. You know, at this point in my life, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in a higher power. Um, and, but, but, you know, but from the standpoint of, I went through a very long journey and there was a long time in my life where I had complete faith in a higher power. Mm-hmm. And, and through and through just a very long process of examination, I came to a point where I no longer believe that. I understand. Now, I understand. I, that. I, ha- I have no interest in taking taking belief away from other people. Just like a big part of the reason why I wanted to make a quiet exit from Jehovah's Witnesses, mm-hmm. and I don't say this from any standpoint of like uh, delusions of grandeur or whatever, but like. I, I had a lot of friends. I, I had some influence within the congregation I was a part of. I, I had been a Bethelite. There was status there. And I honestly felt at the time, and, and maybe this is conceited, I'm sure it is, that like me leaving the organization might actually damage the faith of some other people. Yes. Well, well, if Danny Newman's leaving, like... like <clears throat> yep, well, yep. Well, and and I, I know how that sounds. That sounds, but but no, I, I felt I, that I, way at the time. I didn't want to damage other people's faith. I, I know and, what you mean. I know what you mean by how you say that. I know how that sounds. But the way I hear that is that the compassion is still there. That you respect everyone's decisions and what they choose to do in their life. So you didn't want to like. You're not trying to change anybody. You just no. needed to do that for yourself. So I don't think that's conceited or or sounds strange in any way. I think that sounds like you're a really nice person. <laughs> you're like, uh, I, I you care that. about people. That's, yeah. that's a nice spin. I, <laughs> I, I do. I mean, you know, I know, I know how meaningful it is and I, and I know how, yeah, how I, I, there's certain people I think like, you know what, it's probably better for you to be in that organization. Yeah. yeah. Um, Wow. But, you know, like, yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah. I, I, I won't keep going. I know. Or- no, it's fascinating, man. I, I, 
I uh, really enjoy hearing about that. And I, I hope that so that we can just have digestible chunks of information that maybe we could do this again in the future and, and, and probe some of these questions a little bit, a little bit further if you're oh, open, sure. if you're open to it. <laughs> sure, I to. Yeah. I mean, if, if this doesn't completely tank your podcast ratings, then yeah, I'd be more than happy to. <laughs> I'm not worried about my ratings. That's for sure. I, okay. I, I, uh, th- that's actually why I enjoy podcasting because I, it's been therapeutic for me when I, I first started doing this uh, two years ago, right when the pandemic hit. And um, personally, because it was so weird and it's just so uncomfortable yeah. and just so awkward. And I just was struggling with like, what in the world is going on right now? Uh-huh. And what that being able to talk to other yoga practitioners and people in the field um, just personally was like just healing and kept me grounded. Did it, did it help you and, to, did it help you to, feel still connected. Yes, exactly. Because yeah, I mean, like you said, without being in the room, we were so used to just, you know, that normalcy of people just coming in and you could touch them and say hi. And, you know, you could yeah. like, yeah. you know, and when that was gone, it was like, that was my whole world, you know, that was like, right. That was right. everything to me. And, uh, so this was a way I feel, I feel like this is a way to stay connected and to hear your stories keeps me feeling like I'm normal. I'm okay. You know what I mean? Like my own crazy yeah. thought. It's not just me who's like, you know, just Man, thinking I, about like yeah. uh, oxygen levels in my blood and how, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, the, the pandemic was jarring. It really, it really was. Yeah. And I think, I think even maybe more than, than we're aware of at this yeah. point. Yeah. I think I think we're going to look back on this as a very strange time. Yeah, and good for you for coming up with a really smart way to stay to stay connected. Oh, thank you. Well, I'm so thankful, Danny, for you taking time for us, and I really enjoyed it. And I'm I'm happy for the opportunity to reconnect again. And um, same here. I I really appreciate your honesty and transparency, and and being uh, telling us your story and. I, uh, I wish, yeah, I wish you, you bet. thanks. Thanks for, thanks for asking me to join and being interested enough to hear, hear me tell it. Awesome, man. Well, let's reconnect again soon here. And, uh, thanks again. Okay. Sounds good, Todd. Thank you. All right, Danny. Have a great night. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Native Yoga Toddcast is produced by myself. The theme music is dreamed up by Bryce Allen. If you like this show, let me know. If there's room for improvement, I want to hear that too. We are curious to know what you think and what you want more of, what I can improve. And if you have ideas for future guests or topics, please send us your thoughts to info at Native Yoga Center. You can find us at nativeyogacenter.com. And hey, if you did like this episode, share it with your friends, rate it and review And join us next time.